0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful conversations. We're going to talk about life and love and basically everything in between. This is a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where you can really just come as you are. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it, y'all. Now, not only are we gonna be real, we're gonna have fun too. Scout's honor. I promise you this. I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, you are so welcome. And before we get started, pause and make sure you're subscribed. the Refine Collective Podcast on iTunes so that each week, when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And if you're an old friend, um, welcome back. Hi there. I already know you're all subscribed and good to go, but would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be incredibly grateful for that. Now, I used to feel like all weird and awkward about asking you to do this, but then I listen to Oprah's podcast and even she asks her listeners to do it. In the podcast world, those subscribes and ratings and reviews really, really help us. So thank you in advance. You are the best. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, find me on Instagram at The Refined Woman or my podcast specific account at The Refined Collective and send me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. All right, friend, is it just me or do you feel like the Enneagram is definitely having a moment? Like, it's Enneagram this, I'm this number, she's that number, and you're like, what in the world are they even talking about? Or maybe you're already obsessed with the Enneagram and you're like, finally, Kat's talking about the Enneagram and going to do an episode on it and... I apologize for just talking in the third person because I think it's super annoying when people do that, but I did it. All right, today on the podcast, I have founder of Your Enneagram Coach, Beth McCord on with us. We talked for such a long time because I couldn't stop asking her questions. So in this episode, we're gonna cover a lot of things. She's really pinpointing what is the Enneagram? What is it not? How to interact with it From a healthy place, she really unpacks what are the nine types in the Enneagram and how to connect with what your core motivations are, what is your why behind your behaviors, which that part really stood out to me because I think a lot with the Enneagram, we focus on, oh, I'm totally a performer or I'm totally a perfectionist. And really what's important is the underlying motivating factor. And then we go into dating and how can the Enneagram set us up for sex (laughs) Set us up for sex. Oh my gosh, that is a Freudian slip right there. Set us up for success in our relationships. And we uncover questions like, what really is the top thing to look for in a spouse? The top quality, and it actually might not be what you think. And then we finally talk about how can you truly discern what your Enneagram type is. So a lot of fun things in this conversation. I'm gonna stop talking. Let's get into this episode. Beth welcome to the podcast yeah thanks for having me I'm so excited to be here thank you for being here and you know it's so interesting I don't know if like some sort of founder of Enneagram has like a really good PR team but have you <laughs> noticed like in the last few years it's like what's your yes. number Enneagram this Enneagram that like yes what is that about
1: Well, I think when uh, Ian and Suzanne Stabile came out with the Road Back to You, it Mm. made it more accessible to just the everyday person. Before that, there was the books out there, which I love to geek out on, um, can Mm. be really heavy and hard to understand. Mm. And I would say most people don't want to take the time to really understand the complexity of the Enneagram in the way that it's been put out there. But you know, there's some of us that do love that, but some don't. And so Ian and Suzanne Stabile did a great job bringing it into more of a narrative, simpler form for people to really kind of grasp and hold on to and kind of think and process. And then so I was actually starting my business about eight months before that book came out. So it's just kind of like perfect timing for me and what we're doing. Our main focus is simplifying the Enneagram, but not dumbing it down, but Mm. simplifying it so that people can really understand those complex nuances of the Enneagram in an mm. easy to understand format so that they can use it in their everyday life for growth and transformational purposes.
0: I think what you said is so important, like accessibility, like making yes. this what whatever we're gonna call it, what is the Enneagram? Like personality yeah. test um, yeah. more accessible. And I mean I've been the type of person, I would say since I graduated college I've loved doing like the personality types. Mm -hmm. I remember my first job out of college, we had to do the strength finders and it was so transformative Mm -hmm. for me to have like a vocabulary and a framework to be like, oh, these things about me that I didn't know were strengths. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the way I was. It really, I mean, that was kind of like the intro for me to kind of loving all of all things like personality tests and giving the framework for why I was the way I was or mm-hmm. why I am the way I am. Yeah. And so I'm curious I'm curious if you can just give like maybe a little brief bio of what is the Enneagram yeah. and, Even if you can kind of give a brief bio of what the numbers are. And I know I said this before we went live, but one of my, um, one of my old roommates, we used to be in these conversations and I would finally be like, okay, you have to use your words, not your numbers because she'd be constantly be like, oh, that person's being such a three right now, or that person's being such a da-da-da, a nine, a two. Which I just think is so funny. So for just those people who are listening who maybe aren't that familiar, can you just explain what is the Enneagram and then
1: kind of go through right. each of and the numbers? Can decode this? Like, what are people talking about? Oh, absolutely. Right. So, yeah.
0: Like, what are these numbers? Are we doing right. like the Da Vinci yeah, exactly. code over here?
1: <laughs> so the Enneagram in its basic form is the Ennea or the word Ennea in Greek means nine. And gram means a drawing of some sort. So for the listeners out there who are brand new to this, Um, if you were to see the symbol, it is a nine-pointed star. Um, And so the nine-pointed star has a lot of significance in growth patterns and when we digress, but it also represents the nine basic personality types out there. And the Enneagram is showing that there are nine valid perspectives of the world. And the reason why that's so important is because so often, we get annoyed or frustrated or hurt when people do things differently than us because we think everyone sees the world and reacts to it the same way we do. So when Sue or Joe do something completely different than us, we get hurt or offended and because we've assumed that they're like us. And what we call that is a suicide, where we have either damaged, hurt, or even killed our relationships based off of wrong assumptions. And so if we realize that there are nine lenses in the world, so let's say you're a type three and I'm a type nine, so you're wearing a green colored lens Mm -hmm. and I'm wearing purple. Here we thought we were seeing the world the same way, but now all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, we really see things very differently. And that will allow us to have grace and compassion, mercy, forgiveness, and just to extend love and kindness to one another. And that's what's really important. Mm -hmm. So to boil it all down, the Enneagram is basically your internal GPS. It is going to let you know why, and that's the biggest word in the Enneagram, why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And because it's showing you your core motivations. And for those out there that don't know their type, or even those that think they know their type, what you want to do is find Mm. the type that has your core motivations. And there are four of them. There's the core fear, what you're always running away from or trying to prevent. Like, this cannot happen. Um, The core desire, Mm. what you're always striving and longing to get. Then there's the core weakness. Um, Other teachers call it the passion or the deadly sin. This is the Achilles heel, the thorn in your side that keeps popping up all the time on a regular basis um, that knocks you off course. And then there's the core longing. This is the message your heart has always longed to hear from others. And you're still striving to hear it from people. Um, And so those four core motivations are what your personality hinges on. Now, a lot of people will look at behaviors and that's what your friend was saying. Oh, they're acting Mm -hmm. such a this, or they're doing such a that. Well, in fact, all nine Mm -hmm. types can do the same outward behaviors, but the whole point is why are they doing it? So I tell people the example of a clean home. Let's pretend all of us that are listening love to have a perfectly clean home. Well, the reason why Mm -hmm. is different for each of the nine types. And that is where the Enneagram hinges on. So the type ones want it because it's the right thing to do. The twos want a clean home because it's a warm hug for those that enter the house. The threes, because it's about their image. Well, what would someone think if I had a dirty home? The fours, it's about aesthetics, beauty, creativity, showing off who they are at their core. The fives, they want to be able to get to their resources and knowledge and insight, their books and things like that quickly. Uh, The sixes, it's because it means they're hardworking, they're dutiful, they're responsible, loyal to their family. But also, they'll think worst case scenarios of, well, someone might trip over that or someone might get sick if I don't clean it up. Um, The sevens, they don't want to be hindered by... Their dirty home, they want to be able to go and do whatever they want at the spur of the moment. The eights do not want to be controlled by their home, so they're going to control it. And then the nines, like me, I just want to clean home so I can just chill out, relax, and not be worried or bothered by a dirty home around me. So, as you can see, we all might want the same thing or go about cleaning a home so it looks like the same thing, but it's for very different reasons. So, again, the Enneagram is all about why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And then you were kind of asking about the numbers. Do you want me to dive into just a brief?
0: I would love to. And I think, gosh, even just what you explained about the why and how we can all have the same behaviors, but the motivating factors is what differentiates it. So a few years ago, my first introduction to the Enneagram, I took a full-day workshop with Ian Cron. Yeah. And I remember him saying, you know, this is eight hours. I know it seems really intense, but think of it as we're in an airplane going super fast. And this whole day is us looking down at a field flying by it. And yeah, right. I just felt instantly overwhelmed by that. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, how am I, I going to figure out like who I am, what I am? And yeah. I remember it was super easy for me during that workshop to be like, I mean, I just wrote like, oh, this number three, that's my ex. (laughs) Like, what a jerk, Mm. you know? And then by the end of the day, I couldn't tell if I was a one, a four, a three, like I was an eight. I was so confused because I resonated with so much of the behaviors or the pain points. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took me months to really figure out that I was a three. And it felt really heartbreaking when I found that out, first of all, because I had like, Judged. (laughs) I was like, oh, these guys that I dated are totally a three and I think they're terrible. And um, so it was like really hard for me at first to like see, oh my gosh, that that was me as Mm -hmm. well. And I think we Mm -hmm. resist in other people what we resist in ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I think what you explained is so important. Like it's all about the why. Like, why am I making the decisions that I'm making?
1: Yeah. So when we get to the Enneagram, the biggest thing that people want to understand is it is not a quick personality assessment. It's it's a tool for transformation and growth. And just by even saying that, hopefully the listeners would realize that there is a lot of stretching and pain that goes into growth. If anyone thinks that you can just read a little snippet about yourself and like, sweet, let's go for it. This is going to be great. It's like, uh, you've entered into the wrong Personality system, or because growth really takes time, it takes effort, it takes insight on yourself looking inward. Owning your stuff, but also learning to transform into the best aspects of who you are. But we don't just get there easily. And that's okay. You know, I was just at this uh, Kennedy Space Center with my husband. We were down in Orlando. And what I loved, and they kept saying this over and over, is why we go to the moon. He said, it's not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Mm. And I love that phrase because especially as Americans, want something fast and easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But growth, real growth, real transformation means that we have to take the time to look inward, to own our stuff, but then to take the steps in the healthy direction for our personality type, which can be scary, but it can be so rewarding all at the same time.
0: Oof, like that's where the, that's where the good stuff happens is in the hard moments. Mm-hmm. And I, gosh, I've experienced that so deeply in my life. So, Beth, can you kind of unpack what are the nine types um, and maybe just like a brief description of what they are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the nine types, again, I'm going to give you a two-name descriptor. There's the core motivations that we don't really have time to go over all of that. So what I'm going to do is just give you kind of a real high overview of each type. But I really recommend that you guys go find the core motivations. And you can do that at our website, your forward slash core motivations. And it's a free download and it will show you all the core motivations. And I suggest you get that and kind of look at which ones pop up the most, you know, and maybe kind of number them one to 10, like 10 being, yes, this totally resonates with me. And then focus on the top three and take time to really see, why did I get activated yesterday when I was talking to Sue or Joe? Um, What what was going on? What, what were the core motivations there? Um, and this takes time. Some people, it can take years. And I know people that are in there going, wait, what? Because we don't always know ourselves at this core level. Mm-hmm. And some types have a harder time than others. Um, But I'll just go over briefly the nine types and then you guys can dive into it deeper later. But so, type one is the moral perfectionist. They want integrity to be good, balanced, ethical, moral, and right. Now, the ones they really long to know that they're good. But what happens is they have a one loud inner critic that is constantly showing them the imperfections in themselves and the world. Mm. And it will not let up until they, either they fix it or someone fixes it. And it's constant. It's, it's harsh. It's berating. It's oppressive. And so when we understand this viewpoint, it gives us compassion for the ones. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the people that can at times be more critical or or what you feel is judgmental. But for them, they're trying to bring balance and ethics and goodness to the world. And if we realize how harmful their inner critic is, it gives us the ability to have mercy, compassion, empathy, where we may not have in a normal setting. Um, The type two are supportive advisors. They really love to serve, to be kind. They know other people's uh, emotions and needs, and they really struggle with the thought that they are going to be rejected, worthless, inconsequential, and dispensable. Um, They're ability to know other people's needs is uh, is uncanny, but they don't stop there. They actually move forward towards that person with some kind of help or service, whether you want it or not, because they fear that if they don't, you're going to see them as being selfish and you're going to reject them. So what they really long to know is that they're appreciated, wanted, and loved. Now, the type threes are the successful achievers, and they really strive to have others see how they have achieved, they are accomplished, they have high status and regard, they're successful, because they really fear others seeing failure in them. Now, what happens is they will strive really hard for an image. And they can deceive themselves into believing that they're only the image they present to others. And they feel that they constantly have to show others their achievements. Otherwise, why would anyone love them? And so they think that their achievements equal love, but really they would love to know that they are just loved from just being themselves. Um, the type fours are the romantic individualist, and they fear being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, and flawed. Now for them, it's all about being authentic, real, and who they genuinely are inside and to reveal that to others. But they feel like there's something tragically missing and flawed inside of them. And so for them, it can it's a real pain point when they see others having what they feel like they lack. And so it brings up a lot of envy within them. And so what we want to do is show them Love and sincerity. Like, I see who you really are, and I love your authentic self. You are so special and unique. That's what they would really love. The type five is the investigative thinker, and they are the ones that just love to dive into knowledge and research and insight and pulling things apart and putting them back together again. But they fear being overwhelmed by people draining their internal resources. Um, They fear being ignorant, not capable. And so for them, they want to pull back because they fear catastrophic depletion. Think of them having a cell phone that when they charge it all night long, still only have 20 to 25 percent interactive battery (laughs) life for the whole day. And so they want to ration out their interactive relationships Based upon what they think that they can do and so people can feel like they might be standoffish or withdrawn but they're trying to reserve their inner resources so that they don't have that catastrophic depletion so what we want to do is say hey where's your battery life at you know how can I help mm. you to recharge to re-engage and they love to dive into knowledge the sixes are the loyal guardians and they fear uh, fear itself not, Uh, being supported, guided, or um, blamed to be targeted, to be alone, to be physically abandoned. So what they're really looking for is security and to be guided. And they have an Mm inner committee versus the one who has a one loud inner critic. They have an inner committee inside that's constantly pointing out all the scenarios and asking them, what about this? What about that? Did you think about this? Well, what about that? So their mind is always racing about what could happen. And they just want to know that they're safe and secure. The type sevens are the entertaining optimist and they desire to be fully happy, satisfied and content, but they totally are trying to run away from being trapped, deprived, bored and FOMO, you know, missing out on something fun. And so what you'll find is that they're constantly trying to fill themselves with excitement and stimulation because inside it almost feels like hunger pains. Like, why can't I ever be satisfied? So they're going, going, going all the time, trying to find the next exciting thing. And then our type eights are the protective challengers. They fear being harmed, controlled, manipulated, and left at the mercy of injustice. So you'll find them as our protective, our protectors, our challengers, the ones that push forward. I actually call them snowplows. They're those big diesel mm. snowplows in the north where you need those for the highways, you know. And so We want to put eights in control of big, heavy projects that most of us cannot uh, do because they can assert themselves mightily, but it can also hurt us if we're in the way. (laughs) And Mm so for the eights, we want them to see us and put us behind them and to plow that amazing path, but they are mighty, big, and strong, and they fear being Mm -hmm. betrayed. Then the type nines are the feast peaceful mediators. That's my type. Uh, We want inner stability and peace of mind. We fear conflict, tension, or any kind of discord. But the problem we struggle with is an internal fog, not knowing ourselves. And a lot of that comes from because we have gone along to get along with others to keep the peace, but that really Mm -hmm. isn't real peace. And so we have lost ourselves in the process and we don't really know what we want or desire. Um, And so those are the nine types in a nutshell. Oh
0: my gosh, that's so intriguing. And I think just as you said earlier, like as you're describing so many of these, I can see myself in so many of them. And I I love how... you kind of pinpoint like what is the fear Mm -hmm. and like what's Mm -hmm. the underlying thing? Again, it's not about like the behaviors, but like what's the driving force? Sure. So what, okay, now that we kind of know like what are the nine Enneagram types, I'm single (laughs) and I want to be in a relationship. And a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are single as well. And I'm wondering how can we... Interact with the Enneagram in such a way to set us up for success in our romantic relationships?
1: Absolutely. Well, the good news is we did write a marriage book. (laughs) It's called Becoming Us. Um, That's our first book. And we also are releasing nine journals, one for each type. So we'll get into that later. But what you'll find in the Becoming Us book, and I've been married 24 years. So speaking from experience, What I really want to point out to whether married or not married is this is all about your own personal growth. Mm. If you're looking for the right match, like the right person, it's just never going to happen. Now, of course, we want to make good decisions, right? We don't want to like just date someone that isn't a good person or who isn't healthy themselves or desiring to grow. Absolutely. That's the kind of person you want to pick. but no matter who you pick, they still have their own struggles and weaknesses mm. and will until the day they die. So if you're thinking you're going to find someone that is going to be this perfect, you know, Prince Charming, and he's going to take care of everything. In some ways, yeah, he should, but he's still human mm. or she depends on, <laughs> I don't know his <laughs> name out there, but the whole point is you have to focus on your own personal growth. When you aren't reactive, but you're more proactive or reflective, mindful of what's going on inside you, it will radically change all your relationships. And so like with my husband and I, we started using this when we were about year five or six. Oh, wow. I, yes, yeah, so this was a long time ago. Um, You're like the OGs, yeah. Enneagram OGs. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was about 25, 26 at the time, and I was kind of ready to pull my hair out, like for myself, for our marriage. I had two little kids. Um, and I kept wondering, why am I getting stuck? Well, mm. I was blaming everyone else for my personal hardships or headaches or turbulences. Um, Now, some of it's true. Some of it is other people in, you know, affecting my life, but I have the choice of deciding how I'm going to react to it. Mm -hmm. And I know we've all seen people like this who have lives that are really hard, but man, they have overcome it with such integrity, um, with such maturity that it's like, wow, I don't think I could do that. That's just not true. And so Mm -hmm. when you're looking for someone to date or to have a relationship with or to get married to it's going to be more about your own personal maturity and growth Mm -hmm. than it's going to be about anyone else around you. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they're the same way. So I would really highly recommend that the people are listening to this is to find your type. And this is not at all where you find your type and you flog yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you have condemnation, shame, fear, you're just showing yourself how bad you are. The Enneagram, Mm -hmm. here's the thing, the Enneagram, is the most exposing you'll ever be. And it's gonna say it like it is. It is a non judgmental friend that does reveal the very lows of your personality type but also the very highs. But as humans, we typically will first look at the lows. Mm-hmm. But that is not where we want you to rest, you know, and go, mm-hmm. oh, woezy me, look how horrible I am. We want you to recognize that only long enough to own it, but then to go transform, knowing that the higher parts of your personality are who you are also. And so you do not have to stay trapped in those weak moments, you are made for growth and transformation. And so the Enneagram shows the paths of growth and your paths of weakness. So what we say is use the Enneagram like a rumble strip on the highway. You know, when you're driving down the highway and you're distracted, you're falling asleep, who knows what's going on. And you start veering off course and that rumble strip wakes you up, right? It goes Mm da-da-da-da. And it's like, oh, wait, oh, my gosh, if I were to keep, keep going, I would have totally been in that ditch over there. <laughs> and that is the same with us. So I know as a type nine, I can lose myself easily by going along to get along. If you were to ask me like, hey, let's go out to lunch today. Where do you want to go, Beth? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Where do you want to go? And <laughs> I do that all the time. And it's it's just an automatic response. But there's two reasons. One, it's because I probably don't really know what I want. But that doesn't mean I can't take time to figure it out. But one, I probably don't know what I want. But more importantly, even if I did, now let's say I want a Chinese, and I said, oh, I want a Chinese, and you're like, oh, no, I don't want that, you know, I, that would feel like conflict to me, tension, mm-hmm. discord, which is my core fear. And so I would rather start with going along to get along. But what happens is I can start to lose myself if I continue to do that. So the Enneagram is going to show me my paths that are getting me off course and then the paths of growth where I can go, you know what? I do want, let's say, Chinese today. And I tell you, hey, I would love Chinese today. Now, that doesn't mean we have to do Chinese. And it doesn't mean if you don't want Chinese that there is tension or conflict in our relationship, Mm -hmm. that's where my mind, I have to hold on to that and go, hmm, this doesn't feel comfortable to my personality right now, but it doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. This is a good growth moment for me. And that's where we own our own stuff. And so for any relationship, knowing yourself, being reflective, being mindful of what's going on, and then being able to respond versus react is going to change all your relationships, especially the ones that are going to be the most meaningful, which is marriage.
0: This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own free guide for single women, six tips to activate your dating life. Raise your hand if dating as a woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has ever felt like a total struggle fest, or maybe being single in our culture today feels overwhelming, lonely discouraging, frustrating. And maybe if you're being really honest, it can even feel hopeless. Listen, single gal to single gal, I totally get it. But did you know that doing the same thing over and over again while expecting different results is known as the insanity cycle? Friend, it is time to walk into a freeing, exciting, and purpose-filled season of singleness. It's time to activate your dating life. I created a free guide for you. And by free, I mean $0 called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life to equip you to shake things up in your season of singleness. You can grab it right now at bit.ly trwdatingtips. Now you will walk away knowing number one, the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. Number two, I'm going to teach you how to get unstuck in your dating life. And three, I will show you the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically change your season of singleness. And finally, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. You don't have to wander around for years like I did, insecure, uncertain, and discouraged about your dating or lack thereof life. So if any of this resonates with you, pause and go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W dating tips and grab your free guide. Again, that's bit.ly slash T-R-W dating tips. All right, let's get back to it. I think you bring up such a good point because I I don't know if this is just a woman thing. <laughs> All I know is my experience as being a woman and the women that I coach in relationships. But it's like we want the system. Like we want to know, okay, like what am I supposed to do to get the guy? Like what are the tips and tricks? It's like we want the game plan, we want the roadmap, and I I love the how-tos and all of that, but I think in that it can be so easy to just spend the time and focus looking at the other person. Well, this guy doesn't have this. Well, this Mm -hmm. guy reacted like this, uh, as opposed to taking responsibility for how am I showing up and what's coming up for me. I think it's It's just become so much easier just to kind of like look and point and dissect the guys (laughs) as opposed to being like, wow, like maybe I am not perfect as well. I think it could also be easy to be like, okay, well, I'm a one. So that means like I need to really look for fours, you know? know? So let me have the formula.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I did a uh, marriage course for 45 couple types, all 45, whether you're a two and a two couple or an eight and a six or whatever couple type it is. And all couple types have some significant struggles when they are not doing well, but all of them are amazing when they're both healthy. And so that is it, but it's not, you can't make someone else healthy. You can guide, you can, I mean, you can cheer them on, you can support them, but they have to do their own work. If you nag and complain and belittle, that's never going to get someone to become what you want them to become. Mm. But by understanding their point of view, realizing, oh, this is their core fear and their core desire and their weakness, but also their longing. How can I come alongside and support them? And it doesn't mean you're the answer for their life. They have to do their own work. But how can I come alongside and support them in a way that will help them, that will edify them, that will affirm them. Um, and for me to recognize, hey, this is not, there's moments where it's it's not yours to be had, that they have to do their own work. But we want to be each other's cheerleaders or encouragers um, along the path because life is hard. And we, what we're really wanting is someone on the journey with us. But to expect them to be the Prince Charming, to come through for us, It's never going to happen. And to, like I was saying, to nag at them, to correct them all the time, that's never going to work, trust me. But when we can come alongside with compassion, empathy, grace, support, but that doesn't mean we don't point out stuff. We, We do. But it's not in a way of destroying or hurting or demanding. This is here's one thing that to really understand is that we all have desires and there's four steps for you to really ruin a desire. So you have a desire and most desires are pretty good desires, but then it gets into a demand. And then when the demand doesn't come through, you start to judge or criticize. And then when that doesn't work, we tend to punish. Well, is that how you want to be treated? (laughs) It's like, no. That doesn't make me go, oh, let me see, let me become whatever it is that you're wanting me to become. Since you've now punished me, I'm going to do it. Like, no, that doesn't work. And so the desires that we have can be really good desires, but how are we going to go about getting it? Is it that we're going to force it or are we going to let the other person know where our desires are, what we would like it to look like, but also taking Action in our own life, and not making them come through. What you'll we'll really recognize is when you express yourself, but you don't force another person to come through in your life. They feel the freedom to grow. They feel the freedom mm-hmm. to move towards you. Whereas when it, you when you're starting to demand, criticize, judge, and punish, <laughs> they're going to be like, "Uh, no thanks," yeah. um, or they're going to try really hard, but they're not being their healthiest self because you are so afraid of being nice. criticized again. So. Again, if we can focus on our own self, and this isn't, uh, I'm not talking about like navel gazing and just being consumed mm-hmm. with yourself. This is just simply owning your own heart, your own interactions. And then thinking and contemplating and using a lot of my resources is what I would recommend in how to grow. Um, that is the whole point of what I do in my own coaching business. Is, okay, yeah, so you're struggling here, but where's the path of growth? Okay, it's over here. Yeah, that's going to be hard, but man, you're going to soar because all nine personalities are so amazing when they're healthy, but we're all pretty hard to be around when we're. Yeah. And so no one gets a pass. There's no type that's better than the other. I know, you know, people are out there going, Oh, but such and such type annoys me or bugs me. Well, that's, <laughs> that's just preference. Trust me. All the types are so amazing when they're healthy. And so, Focus on being your most transformed, healthiest version of yourself, knowing every day is a struggle. Every day we're going to slip you know, up and, and have our moments that we have to go, oops, sorry, guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling here. But recognizing that there's so much room for growth. And if we have compassion for ourselves and patience for ourselves, mm-hmm. we can extend that most likely to others as well.
0: Yeah. And I wonder what it is like to be able to identify the desire and then be curious about where that desire is coming from and whose job it is to meet that desire. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about like, it's almost like you, we have desires which are good and perhaps they become distorted when we put that desire as a demand on another human. Mm -hmm. And I think of stuff for myself where I would love to feel like I'm in a relationship with someone that has financial stability. Mm -hmm. And I want a guy that like really loves God and is seeking after God. And Mm -hmm. there's these desires that I have and I don't think that they are bad desires, but I think something that I feel that God has really challenged me on is who's ultimately responsible for filling those desires. Yes, Like, am I looking for... A financial savior or do I want a partner? Like who really is my provider? Yep. Um, and I think a lot of girls too think, I thought this for so many years, I will not struggle with body image when I have a boyfriend, when I have a spouse, because their job is to make me feel beautiful and where it's, it's actually not their job. And right. I think even just this idea of, well, I want to be with a spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes so many girls, what they're looking for is God.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's
0: like, well, no wonder so many of us aren't dating. Like you're looking for someone that doesn't exist and it's actually not their job to heal you. Um, But we go to this person, it's like we go on the first date and we're like, well, is he the perfect Christian? Is he able to make me feel beautiful? Is he able to provide for me? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's not their job. I think what I'm curious about is how do we hold intention, like, The, cause there's parts of those desires, which yeah, like I want to be with a guy that it doesn't mean that he needs to be a millionaire or CEO, but has some sort of vision, you know, and isn't like floundering financially. So like there has to be that balance there. Like, yes, I want a guy that shares my faith and worldview, but like he does it have to be my everything and yes. do i have space for him to be on his own spiritual journey there and yeah. i think again that's where it can get hard to be like we want this like black and white formula mm-hmm. but love is love is full of all sorts of like gray and and nuance there yes so what i'm curious for you is you know as we as we are thinking about this and identifying those desires like i feel like a lot of what you're saying applies to like when you're in a relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about when you're just dating and getting to know someone and trying to figure out like, is this a, is this person a good fit for me? Like, is there ways that you think that Enneagram can support you in that? Because I hear you when you're saying like, okay, we're in a relationship together. I know that he's a seven. I know that this is what his core fears are. I know that this is a message that he needs to hear, uh, or this is how, like, this is a framework of communication. But what about when you're just trying to figure out, do I want to go out on another date with him? Or, like, does this potentially have a future here?
1: Right? Well, I mean, I would say, and you're totally right, is that we're all looking for God, basically. And they can't be. And and even if they, because eventually, like, you know, all of us that did get married, we kind of, to some degree, thought they were God to a point, right? You know, it's like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you're so amazing, you know. And then we get married and we're like, wait a second, you know. And that's when the problems start because it's like, you were supposed to be God, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not doing this, you're not doing that right. And then we start nagging and picking apart each other. And, and that's where problems come in because then we're disappointed because, wait, you were supposed to be God. I thought you were God. Um, And so that's where we want to bring the people we're dating back to their humanness. Now, definitely, we want to find the right person that is going to be a great fit for us and how God designed both of us. And part of that is knowing our, our own self. I know that I, as a type nine, want to know that my presence matters. I typically, as a nine, think I shouldn't assert myself, my voice doesn't matter, presence doesn't matter. So I give that over to the next person. And so what would be great is if I had a guy who's who championed me, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I turn that into they should be my god and tell me how amazing I am all the time, well, that expectation is just too high, too lofty. Mm-hmm. But if we bring it down to a guy who's like, "No, you can do this. I want to hear from you. Your presence matters, your voice matters." In in like a real sense, who's willing to champion me and who's also willing to see my struggles, to to be able to sit with them and to not be complaining about them and like, oh, you're doing that again, you know, Um, or why don't you just get over it? Because that's what's so great about the Enneagram is... Think of um, your your healthy, average, and unhealthy as kind of a ladder, right? So you're healthy, you're you know way up, you know on the top, you know rungs. You're doing great, but then there's kind of autopilot, average in the middle, and then you come down at the very bottom, and you're unhealthy. We ebb and flow through that on a daily basis and season by season. And so when you understand about your type, you'll see when you're doing great all the way to when you're doing horrible, you Mm -hmm. want someone who's willing to be by your side through it all. And he wants you to be there at the same place. Now, that doesn't mean go get an unhealthy person. No, we really want someone who's willing to own their own stuff. To see their weaknesses, but to also know their strengths and be willing to grow, not demanding it from you, expecting you to make them grow, but they're willing to do their own work, but that they're also compassionate and understanding that you'll have your own weaknesses, but also they're excited to see that you're growing. And so it's a teamwork, it's a team effort. And so if you're going around trying to check off all these lists, like we want him, I want him to be this, I wanna do that. and in some regards, those are great. I don't want to diminish at all that there are some things that we really want to look for. But if we're unrealistic in the sense of he has to be a 10 on all these categories, you know, it, mm. it's, they're human, and they're not God. And so to recognize that. But the biggest thing I can only stress is that you want to find someone who is really willing to grow and to own their stuff and to see themselves with kind of a sense of humor, really. Like, yep. Like for me, as a nine, like, oh you know, my gosh, I'm totally in the fog today. Or like last night, I was just talking to my husband on the airport on the way back to Nashville. We were talking about starting our own podcast. Um, we have a friend who could help produce it. And I was all excited about this vision. Well, my husband's a type six, and type sixes, like I was talking about, have all the questions of the world because they're like, What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And he was asking all these really great questions to her because um, she has her own podcast. You know, after so many questions, I start getting frustrated and disheartened and like, well, maybe I don't want to do this. But the questions you were actually asking were really good, but it rubbed up against my personality. And so then I f- started to feel like, oh, I just want to check out who, who wants to do this anymore. But that was my own stuff. I had to own that stuff. And so I revealed it to him like, hey, this is how I experienced it. You did nothing wrong. I just want you to know that I started to get a little frustrated at the end. And that's how we want to have those relationships is recognizing, wow, he has these really great strengths because he helps us to prevent us from like going off the cliff because he asks all the good questions. At the same time, he said, you know, you're right, Beth. I, instead of having, wow, like, oh, wow. Yeah. The podcast, that'd be great. And kind of letting it sit there and having some excitement over it. He went into how, like immediate questions, and so he was able to own his own part, but I was able to own my part, and then at that moment we're able to come together and say what would a, what would it look like the next time we do it, in a way that can be beneficial to us both versus maybe rubbing one of us wrong versus the other. Does that make sense? And so yeah. Working as a team side by side, not at each other is really what you're looking for in all these categories, because you're going to have moments where you're let's say you found someone who's super skilled and finances and they're really steady in their job well, they could lose their job. They could have a hard time finding another job. What's it going to be like then? And so you're wanting to look for qualities in a person versus an actual something that's happening because our lives will always ebb and flow. So you're just wanting to look for someone who's able to see their weaknesses, own them, but also willing to do the hard work to grow.
0: 2020 is in full swing and I don't know about you, but I am here for it. I'm also here, human to human, to ask you for support. Help me, friend, to help you. The Refined Collective podcast is one of my most favorite projects that I have ever worked on in my career, but it is definitely a labor of love. We have quite a bit of hard costs each month from software and subscription services, to my team who edit and produce the episodes, to licensing music, and running logistics for all things Refined Collective. Now, because of that, I want to invite you, yes, you, to join our Patreon community. Patreon is this incredible platform that helps listeners financially support their favorite podcasts. You can support the Fine Collective podcast for as little as $5 a month and we made a bunch of fun different tiers that are jam-packed with free goodies and VIP access to our newest content, and you will be notified before anyone else about our upcoming live events. I'll also be going to you first to find out what questions you want answered and what topics you want covered moving forward. So in the midst of a wild year, I want to ask you, friend, if you'd be willing to link arms with my team and me and sharing some of the load and helping make The Refined Collective podcast the best it can possibly be. So if you want to learn more or sign up today, head on over to patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. Again, that's Patreon com slash The Refined Collective. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this community. Uh, I just think that's so important because I'm really big on, in order to walk out the present with clarity, integrity, we have to know where we're headed. We have to have a vision. And I love in all areas of my life being like, clearly, okay, here's where I see myself in five years. Here's what I'm looking for in a spouse and also holding that stuff loosely, yeah. you know, but really having clarity so that when you enter, you know, if a job opportunity comes up, well, does this, is this an alignment with my vision yeah. um, when I'm getting to know a guy or, you know, is who he is in alignment with like who I am looking for. And I remember a long time ago, a friend of mine was dating a guy and They ended up getting married, but she was really struggling because when she met him, he had no money. He had a part-time job. He was living on someone's couch and she was in the process of getting her PhD and other people in her family, like everyone else in her family had married someone quote unquote, very successful financially or another doctor, PhD, all that stuff. And one of our mentors said, look at, His integrity. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily look at what is his job title today, Mm -hmm. but look at is he willing to work hard? Is he willing to admit that he's wrong? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it can be disorienting when we meet someone and then we're like, oh, I didn't think that this was important as it feels right now, like as far as, oh, I wanted to be with someone that was a doctor. You know, sometimes we don't know those are our desires until we get into the situation and we feel disappointed. Mm. And I've definitely had those moments. And then I judge myself like, am I just like looking for a sugar daddy, what's wrong with me? Or like whatever the thing is, like I want a guy who has a heart for ministry, but what if he has a nine to five job? Like just being willing to look at like the characteristics and qualities as opposed to the, like at first glance. Mm -hmm. For me, as a person who follows Jesus, it's super important to me that I'm with someone who shares that with me. But I love what you're saying. It's almost like the top thing to look for outside of that and correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I'm hearing you say, is to look for someone who's willing to grow and willing to do the hard work and willing to say like, I'm not perfect. And I'm willing to not only admit that, but verbalize and grow with you.
1: Well, and also like you were saying, you know, having a vision for where we could be, that's where the Enneagram is so amazing because the Enneagram is going to be very clear and What it looks like when you're at your healthiest, and all the way down to when you're at your worst, and everywhere in between. And that's really helpful, not so that we have self condemnation, fear, and shame. And as me, as a believer of Christ, He's taking care of everything. There's now no more condemnation for those that are in Christ. So, If I know that and believe that, it doesn't mean I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want. In fact, it's the opposite. It's like, oh, I have the joy and the privilege of realizing and seeing, oh, today or right now I'm in a struggling moment because I can see these characteristics, but Mm -hmm. I'm thankful everything's been taken care of by him. So Mm -hmm. I can ask for forgiveness and I can ask him to make me more like him. And he's the one that does the growth transformation. I mean, obviously, we walk in faith and move towards that, right? We don't just sit back on our lazy boy and go, okay, God, do the work, you know. Um, But— when I realize as a as a nine, the healthy growth moments for me is knowing myself more instead of being in a fog, not always going along to get along. That those are some good attributes of a nine. But also, what do I want and assert myself? Mm. So I'll know what the path of growth looks like. And again, it's hard, and my personality is sometimes going to throw a temper tantrum and say, "Please mm. don't do that." There's going to be discord or conflict, you know. But I have to go. No, mm. it's, this is okay, this is good. This is good for me to stretch and grow. And so we're going to have a vision for what it looks like when we're healthy and what it looks like to grow. And we're going to have a very strong understanding of when it's what it's like when we're weak. But that's when we're weak and when we're struggling. That's when we come back to Christ and own it and apologize to Him and to anyone else that needs to be apologized to, but also to take the next step in growth. And that's what you also want to see in the other person, whether it's a friend, whether it's your spouse, to be spouse? Are they willing to own their own stuff? Do they have a vision for what God's called them to be? And are they willing to go down that path? And so, but that's where this is so great. So like, you know, we're coming out with nine journals. And if you once you find your type, I take you through in 21 days more about your type in a very easy to understand format with questions that you can And so once you know yourself, you can see more clearly when you're struggling and when you're growing, but exactly how to own it and to bring it to God, but also to do it with your friends. Um, And we were talking earlier off the show is a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm just a nine. I'm just sometimes like that, you know, Mm -hmm. deal with it. And it's like, no, we don't want to use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield. You don't want to use it to belittle, hurt, harm, sarcasm towards others. Like, oh, she's being such a three right now. You know, like, <laughs> um, so we don't want to use it to harm, but we also don't want to use it as a shield where it's like, well, I'm a nine, guys. You know, sometimes I just procrastinate. You're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> that never brings good relationship dynamics. Um, we need to own our stuff, and we need to move towards growth and apologize when needed and say, you know what, this yes, this is a struggle for me. This is where I can um, falter. And I think what's hard in our day and age and for young people is we have all of these now ways of knowing what the best way is. Okay, I'm 45. So back in the day before there was a lot of internet and blogging and Pinterest and all the things, you know what we had? We had Martha Stewart. Uh, that's right (laughs) that was like it right like we didn't have all the blogs we didn't have um, all the pinterest and all all the ways to do everything perfect um, except for her and it was kind of like oh that's so unrealistic I couldn't do all that you know I don't know how she does it Um, but here's the thing is that you guys are inundated with all the ways you could do something perfect so to speak and you feel like you can well I wish that you guys could just let that go. Now, it doesn't mean we don't strive to become more like Christ or the way that God designed us and to be more fulfilled and transformed in life. Totally. That's where we're heading. But it's not the Pinterest way. It's becoming more humble, to be patient, to be kind, to be good towards one another. All of the fruits of the Spirit, that is what you're really looking for. When you are able to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit, it doesn't matter if you cook right or decorate perfectly or run a marathon or not. All of those things can be really good things, but they can be horrible things if you are not at a healthy place in your life. And so by using these journals that we're coming out with to understand yourself to to rest in the finished work that Christ has done on your behalf so that you can then be propelled forward into transformation is the best place that you're going to ever be. And then to give that same encouragement to the next person, whether it's a friend or to be spouse or a parent or your, your future children, that is where real meaningful relationships come. Not, you should be better. Um, you're not fulfilling my life. You're not doing this. You're, that's never going to bring about the friendships and the relationships that you really desire. So yes, the Enneagram is going to show you what you're like at your healthiest, but only God can bring you there. So it's us surrendering, depending on Him to do that work in us. That's absolutely vital. That's so
0: crucial and important to distinguish. And one more question, and then we'll get into how can we get the journals? How can we determine our Enneagram type? But as you were talking about, you know, even when you were saying, identifying your type, identifying through your number or type. Here are my core needs. Here's what I'm wanting and needing in a relationship. I think, when do you, like, is that when you're like, okay, I know that desire, whether it's like my, one of my core desires is to feel safe. Do we go into dating just expecting that or when and how do we verbalize? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, because I think sometimes we go into situations and we're like, oh, he didn't show up for me And how I need to be loved or validated or affirmed. But then we also haven't like given him the playbook or Mm -hmm. said, this is important to me. Do we just need to find someone that like naturally understands like this is how I need to be loved or? Do we need to communicate
1: that? Yeah. You're never going to find someone, at least I don't think, that's just going to naturally know how to do it. You know, I mean, unless they're the same type and they just kind of do it, but we don't find Mm. a lot of the same types married to each other. No, we do. I mean, I've got several people that are the same type, but it's just not as common. And I think Mm. God does that. And why is that? Well, I think it's iron sharpening iron, right? And Mm. when you think of iron sharpening iron, that's not like this easy, like fun I mean, iron sharpening iron. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, rubbing up against each other, you know, so there, God designed us to to not be this quote unquote perfect fit, right? Mm-hmm. One is because we need to rely on Him to do that for us. He's our perfect fit. We need someone that is willing to walk through the valleys and the high points of life together, Mm -hmm. side by side. Um, And I've been married to Jeff for 24 years. We're literally best friends. We love working together, uh, doing ministry together, but we're still talking on a daily basis of how to love each other better, one, because we learn new things about ourselves, and we learn new things that the other person could help us to grow in. Or I learn new ways of how I'm demanding him to be different, you know, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's this constant path of growth. Jeff was never designed in on this side of heaven to be that perfect fit for me. But the great news is Christ is the perfect fit. And when we both focused on Christ and how he has basically satisfied our our core longing. So my core longing is that my presence matters. Jeff's core longing is to hear that he is safe and secure. I can never make Jeff feel safe and secure. Like I can try and try and try, but I can never do that. I am not God. I'm a finite human being. And so if I try to become God to him and as a nine trying to accommodate and appease and please and all these things, which I've tried, (laughs) I will always falter. But if I recognize I cannot satisfy. But I can point Jeff to the source that is that for him. Now, that doesn't mean I don't try. Of course, I want to make him feel safe and secure. I want to be loyal and committed um, to him. I want to show him ways that that resonate with him, that speak to him. But the moment I think I can come through for him in the ultimate way, I will disappoint him and he will be disappointed and then I will be sad. But if I can say, I'm going to try my darndest to come through for you in those ways, but ultimately, you need to seek that from God first and foremost. And so then what I offer is icing on the top. And the same goes for Jeff. He can never make me feel that my presence matters to the degree that I want. Now, he could cheer me on all day, every day, like, you're you're amazing, you're great, blah, blah, blah. But the way that the mind works as a nine, and all of us, the core longings we have and the thought patterns are hardwired in. On this side of heaven, I'm going to constantly think: Does my presence matter? Does it, am I okay with him? Is he you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to always have these thoughts. He'll never be able to satisfy that, no matter how hard he tries. So I have to keep going back to the fact that Christ left heaven to come and to save me, like. I, I was on his mind. And I don't know how anyone can cannot think their presence matters when they realize that, right? Now, m- on this side of heaven, I'm going to still be thinking my presence doesn't matter. That doesn't make me a bad person. It means that I'm still in a place where there's struggle. But I can always go back to the truth and recognize, oh, praise be to God. Like, I do matter. And that moment of recognition is like, oh, awesome, like I can grow, I I can voice my, my thoughts, even if people disagree and it feels hard and struggling. So that's where you want to find someone who's willing, again, to walk side by side in that path together, knowing I'm going to try my best to meet Jeff's needs but I can't be the ultimate meter of his needs. Mm. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm a bad wife. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I didn't, you know, check off all the lists that he has in a wife. Um, It just means I'm a human and I'm Mm. also not his type. I'm more, I'm trying to think about if it's, um, I speak English and Jeff speaks Spanish. And we're, you know, I speak a little bit of Spanish, he speaks a little bit of English, and we're trying to like have this relationship together, right? Well, we need to learn each other's language on a deeper level and how to come through, become more fluent in that. But ultimately, my mother tongue is type nine, his mother tongue is type six. And we can learn how to speak each other's language, but it's never going to become to the real place that we always hope for. But God knows and God speaks to us and to our heart, exactly the way that we need to hear it to ultimately fulfill us. And that's That's the key is to to come towards each other. So, if you are dating someone who's not willing to get to know you or to transform themselves and they're all about just themselves and wanting you to become what they want, no, that you want someone who's willing to come alongside you and that you can own your stuff. They can own their stuff. They're willing to grow. You're willing to grow. That is where it's going to be transformative for both of you. So good, Beth.
0: Well, thank you so much for giving so much insight and really unpacking like what the Enneagram is. like How can we collide with it? And how can we know ourselves better? And I'm just appreciative for your wisdom and insight. And would love for you to take a second to share with us. You have so many incredible resources. So how can we get your journals? Yeah. And what if someone doesn't know their Enneagram type and they don't know what journal to buy? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so I'll tell you a few places um, that you can go to find your type. There's two ways that i would suggest again your enneagram coach.com forward slash core motivations is a free pdf that will show all the core motivations for all nine types that's a great place to start we also just at your in the upper right-hand corner is a yellow button where you can take our free test. But the test is not definitive because if you don't know yourself very well, you're probably not going to answer it because it's all about why, right? Mm. Um, And so use it as a guiding post to, It will show you all nine types and how you scored on all of them. But Continue to look at the core motivations, do a little bit of research on all the types. We have a button at the top that says learn. You'll learn about the nine types in a deeper way. If you still don't know your type, I have a, a course called Discovering You. It's in my online coaching course section of the website. And Discovering You is broken down into 14 smaller modules with a 16-page workbook that is full of information in a very fun great graphic design way for you guys Mm. to find your main type. What I do is I explain what the Enneagram is and all nine types in a way that's like, Oh, this makes so much more sense. Mm. Um, Because obviously on a podcast, we can only do so much. Um, And so that discovering you course, you can get it for 50% off when you take our assessment and finding your type. It will show you a coupon code on how to get the Discovering You for 50% off. But once you found your type, I highly recommend getting these journals. They're called the Enneagram Collection. You can get them on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles. And so what you just type in Beth McCord Enneagram Collection, and you'll it'll pop up and you're going to get the one for your type. Now, here's the cool thing. If you've got girlfriends or guy friends or a small group or you know, a dinner group, a book club, you can do them together because each day there's 21 days where we break down the Enneagram and your personality. Each day is the same topic. There's common content all throughout. And then each day there's more type specific content. So mm-hmm. you and your friends, let's say, on, I don't even know what day it is, but let's say on day five, we're talking about your core desire. Well, Let's say you're a three and let's say you and I are doing it together and I'm a nine. We could talk about, well, what is your core desire and how does that play out in your life? And then you would talk about your stuff and I'd talk about mine, but we're learning at the same time. And so that's a really fun way to go deeper with friends or boyfriends or spouses, kids, parents, you name it. And it's in a very clear easy to understand format and they're and they're pretty short they 're not long these are very quick, easy read um, little journal with places to write as well and they 're really cute actually and so you can get that um, and then if you are in a relationship. Any relationship, especially a married relationship, our Becoming Us book is great. But what I love about our Becoming Us book is in the back, it's all color-coded and there's six pages on each type and it breaks down the personality into really great segments. Um, four pages on understanding me and two pages understanding them. So if you're like, why is Sue like that? And you look at, let's say she's mm. a one and you read those two pages on understanding them, it's going to show you how to why they do what they do, but also how to interact with them better. And so that could be a great resource for any relationship you're in, not just a marriage.
0: You have so many incredible resources. I, as soon as we're done, I'm going to see, I'm going to download the core motivations, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, Yay. Well, Beth, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for... Investing into so many humans. And mm. I'm just really, really grateful. I feel like I've learned so much from our conversation. And yeah. Well, it's a joy. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you wanna hear about. Let me know what you wanna talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day.
1: (laughs) Bye.